Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time to play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking end zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately. He's got the handoff. You know who that's? The Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to answer some mailbag questions with our friend who is the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. Yesterday we answered some questions, so today let's answer some more. And without any further ado, let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from Mark D. He says, I'm concerned the expectations for the Jets are far too high this year. And fans are setting the team up to fail in their minds Would you say a 6 or 7 win season is a failure? No, I wouldn't It really depends how the wins happen I've said this before And I know people are tired of hearing this And I'm tired of saying it And I'm also tired of having to listen to me say it Because I wish the Jets were in a better spot But the reality is Zach Wilson needs to play significantly better The young players need to start playing well And if that happens and the Jets only win seven games, partially because, as Chris alluded to earlier, they have a very tough schedule at the beginning of the year. I'm not as concerned as if they win six or seven games, but it's in the manner that the Jets did that in 2019. If you recall, they won seven games, but there were some fluky wins. They also had a win at the end of the season against the Bills, where the Bills essentially forfeited. They played their third stringers because they had already clinched. If they get a seven-win season that way, then yes, it's a failure. But if they get a six or seven-win season and the young players look good and Zach Wilson 
takes a significant step forward, then no, I don't think it's a failure. We'd all love to see them be in the playoff mix. We'd all love to see them finally go to a postseason game. But you got to be realistic. I know that we're tired of having low expectations, but it's a gradual build and as painful as it is to admit, this team is not exactly at the level of a team like the Buffalo Bills or even really, if you're looking at it roster wise, the Miami Dolphins at this point. So six or seven wins with the scenario that I painted before. That's fine with me. I would prefer eight or nine, clearly, but if it happens that way where it's six or seven wins and they look like they're headed in the right direction, okay. I'm going to start here with the the notion that, yeah, I agree that fans are, are have, putting a little too much expectations. And, you know, fans do this every year. There are at least there's segments of the fan base that does it every year. So I, I think it's a little a little more amplified this year than normal. Um, I, I, I absolutely don't think six or seven wins would be a failure. I, I agree with you. Of course, we say, we say this every year. It depends on how it comes. And, you know, if there could be huge injuries that could change the calculus of that, uh, you know, whether six or seven wins would be, be great or whatever, but I, I'm looking at the schedule, looking at everything right now, I'm, I'm settling on like that seven wins. That's, that's where my prediction is going. Um, I think they could win, you know, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. Uh, but I, I think that I think seven, eight wins is, is about the ceiling for this team this year. Cause they still have some holes and they still are just going to be relying on so many young guys. But uh, it, it, again, it, it's possible that, they could get to that to seven wins and it would still be a disappointment. Like you said, but I, I think you it's, I, I mean, it's, I'm just going to repeat what you said. I know it's boring and you hate it. You know, the fans hate it. And you want the playoffs. I just don't, I, you another year away from expecting that. What you want to see is them being competitive in that seven to eight range and then hope that they can add enough in next season that, okay, now that you can really start to think about competing. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from TJ Fernbank. He says, the Jets finally have options on offense, but setting the Wilson question aside, do you think the running backs or the receiving core will be more important to the Jets' success in 2022? I'm going to say the receiving core, and the reason for that is simple. It's a passing league. So if the Jets aren't able to effectively pass the ball, they're going to have a lot of trouble being able to do much. The running game should set the table for the passing game, and then if the passing game is successful, then you're going to see the offense be successful. If the passing game isn't successful, For as good as Brees Hall or Michael Carter could be, the Jets aren't going to be able to do a whole lot on offense if we're being real about it in 2022. It's a passing league. The receiving core is more important than the running backs. And that, by the way, is why, of course, receivers were getting paid 20 to $25 million this offseason, and you weren't seeing that with running backs and free agency. It's, it's, we're looking at chicken, a real chicken or egg situation going on here. Or, you know, why the chicken crossed the road? Who knows, right? Chris, actually, I do know it was to get to the other side. Yeah, but he you don't know what that chicken was doing. He's hes shady. hes He wants you to think that. That's what he wants you to think. He's up to something, I'm telling you. Chris um, is talking from personal experience. The chicken is Chris <laughs> in this scenario, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay, that's figured me out. He's awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, so anyway, back to this uh, New York Jets football team. Um. No, I, you're right, but there's the running game. I think there's going to be times where whether it's Zach Wilson struggling, whatever happens, I think there's going to be times where the running game is going to be more vital. Um, and now if this was – this could just be a semantics thing because if you, you phrased it, offensive line or running or wide receivers, uh, then I'm going ahead and going offensive line. Um, and a lot of what the running backs will be doing is going to be because of the byproduct of the offensive line. So we could get into some semantics there that of where I could really argue for the running backs just for the hell of it. But uh, that I do think that there's going to be games where without the running game to lean on, there's just going to be nothing from this offense. Um and I don't think you're going to have games where the receivers can just carry the offense like that. So that that's my argument for the other side. But you're right. It's a passing league. And they're, they're, the running game will set the foundation and do a lot of good for them. But they're going to need that those receivers to be making plays to actually win the games. Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He says, if Sauce went to Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State and had the same tape and production he had at Cincinnati, no touchdowns allowed, do you think he would have been chosen number one overall in the draft? It's a tough question because I don't recall a cornerback ever being picked number one in the draft, but this was a strange draft because 
even though a lot of people agreed that Aiden Hutchinson was the best player, you saw what happened with Trayvon Walker rising to the top of the draft. You saw what happened with Stingley Jr., who at one point people thought could slide to the middle of the first round, ending up going number three. So if Gardner had been as dominant, but he had done it at Alabama, or he had done it, say, on the National Championship Georgia team, he definitely could have gone number one. I'm not saying he would have for sure, but I absolutely could see a scenario where he would have gone number one in this particular draft. Now, if it was a draft where there were quarterbacks that people really liked and thought could go in the top two or three, then probably not because that quarterback's going to end up going ahead of him. But this particular draft in 2022, it's certainly plausible based on the way everything played out that Gardner could have found himself going number one overall if he had gone to one of those schools. All right, so I'm just going to take you through my thought process as you are reading this. It was no quarterbacks at the top of the draft. So, sure, Jacksonville – oh, does Jacksonville want a runner is going with a, with an, a, a, a flashy cornerback with a high pick again? Is that is that something Jacksonville wants to do? I don't know. Otherwise, yeah, and, uh, without a quarterback in, in the class and you just – in a vacuum just, you know, would – Teams, yeah, uh, teams could definitely consider that for sure, um, and that and it, it's it's only fair to 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 look at it that way because yeah, if he went to those schools and had that production, but he didn't he didn't face that type of talent, so it means something. It, there is a difference in meaning there, but yeah, uh, I I think that's absolutely a possibility that if you took a corner that was that dominant in uh, like a SEC school. Um, and there's no quarterbacks in the draft and no like Miles Garrett, then yeah, absolutely. I could see a team taking them number one overall. The Jaguars picked Jalen Ramsey fifth overall in 2016. Are you saying that if they were told that Sauce Gardner could be another Jalen Ramsey caliber player, they would have said, nah, definitely don't want that. Have you seen what Jacksonville has been doing these last couple of years? Like, I'm just saying like, and the decision that they went after Walk like Walker, where that? Uh, I don't know, man. I I could see Jacksonville being, yeah, absolutely. I could see them making the a, a, a ridiculous decision. Oh, that's but, not what I mean. I'm just saying the way you phrased it made it sound like the Jaguars would look at Sauce Gardner and say, "Well, the last time we picked a cornerback in the top five, it was Jalen Ramsey, and who needs that again?" Uh, yeah, because because of how it worked with the contract and now all the, the that and how badly they butchered everything about that. They did and, get two and, firsts and, and a third for him, though. It's not like yeah, he was well, a bust. Fair, but that's not you're not trying to draft a player to get a draft all back. No, but if that's the worst case scenario, also. I don't know that Sauce compares to Ramsey in the personality department. They seem to be a little bit differently. I get what you're saying. I just think it's funny that you said it as if the guy was a bust or that the Jaguars should be ashamed to have drafted Jalen Ramsey to the point where they would say, we're not going down that road again. Oh, I know that's what you definitely mean, not how I meant it. That's definitely not how I meant it. I just meant, I meant it more in that they're that dumb that okay. they were like, he gave us a headache. Let's not draft a high cornerback again because that, that quarterback might give us a headache. That would be like the Jets saying, can't pick sauce. Look at what Revis did in contract negotiations. You definitely won't want a guy like that. So I know what you mean. It would be a silly way to operate, but I guess if any team would do it, it would be the Jaguars. Next question comes in from Robert Hurdle. He says, 
don't want to name anyone specifically, but does it feel like some members of the Jets beat enjoy using Mackay Becton as their personal punching bag? I assume you mean that metaphorically, because let's be real, there isn't a guy on the Jets beat that would use Mackay Becton as a punching bag and be able to do anything other than break their hands on Mackay Becton. That's just how it would go, because... None of those guys would be able to even move Mackay Becton an inch if they try to use him as a literal punching bag. That said, Chris, I'm going to let you give insight into this. Again, we're not going to talk about anybody specifically. I do think that it feels like some people enjoy digging in a little bit on the weight. And we saw Mackay Becton wearing that shirt where it said bust, fat, slob, all that stuff. And he certainly is playing into that. And he's read it himself. We've seen his own tweets to that effect. So it does feel like some of the people covering the team are leaning into that a little bit. I'm trying to be careful with the way I word this, but it does feel that way a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I want to keep my credentials and everything. But yeah, I, I don't like the way that he's covered a lot in the way that I don't like this in general in sports, the way we kind of like dissect and I get it I do because their bodies are super important to their production and what they're doing but I, I it's it's just gross I hate everything about it and I, I've said it numerous times you can see how much this stuff bothers him and now he's trying to do all this to get out ahead of it but this it's coming from an insecurity and it just doesn't – I just don't – I know they're professional athletes, right? They get paid millions of dollars. It doesn't mean that we need to make things more difficult for them. So I don't like any of it. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't like so much about media coverage in 2022 uh, where we can start there. Do, do we have enough time? I don't think there's enough bandwidth on the internet for me to keep talking about everything I hate about it. So – this we're gonna stay here. I, I I just hate the dissecting and just call, fat fat, especially an offensive lineman. Like, what are we doing here? Next question comes in from Only Jets. He says, "Why does Zach Wilson throw so many wobbly passes? Was this an issue at BYU? Does it make for a less catchable ball? Does it point to a problem with his mechanics?" Wobbly passes typically is a confidence issue. Um, it's just not. Uh, you know, you have like a hiccup in your motion, something you, you get that just ready to throw. And then you do like a pump fake in the middle, or you, you kind of like half give up, but you know, like a check swing type of throw that you, you, you pull out the last second. Like that's typically what happens is you just, you have to just, once you start the motion, you have to have confidence all the way through and sometimes you can second guess yourself mid motion and that'll end up leading to, to a lot of wobbly passes. That's usually how that goes. Uh, sometimes maybe, you know, smaller hands that it might slip out. I don't think that's, that's an issue with Wilson. I think at times there's, there's been just confidence issues and just not fully trusting his arm as he's supposed to be doing it. And that's just a, a product of the game moving too fast. Uh, you know, at times, but I don't, if, if we're seeing any of that this season, that that's a huge, huge, huge problem. I, and I, I don't, I don't have like wobbly passes as a huge thing to worry about with them. Chris, before we run, I want to ask you what you're watching right now. Cause I actually just finished Ozark. I finished the entire series. 
Got to see the second half of the last season. And now I'm all caught up on Better Call Saul. There's still a half season to go. I believe it starts in a couple of weeks. But I just finished that and it was really, really good. I haven't been watching a ton beyond that other than sporting events and things like that. But those are the two that I just finished and I was pleased with both. Have you watched either of those? Are you caught up on those? And also, what else are you watching right now? Yeah, it's funny. You got uh, the you know the Breaking Bad prequel and then the the knockoff uh, Breaking Bad and Ozark. Uh, I I haven't caught up on Ozark. I haven't watched the second half of the final season. Uh, I like Ozark, but I also am just like, oh my god, I roll my eyes so hard. It's a lot. Uh, I I love the Julia Garner girl. I think she's great, uh, Ruthie. Uh, so that that's my entertainment in the show. The rest of it, I mostly roll my eyes at, but I, I do watch it. I need to finish uh, the the second half. I am all caught up to um, Better Call Saul now, and that that show is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, it, which is crazy because it's such a slow-paced show, and that usually drives me nuts. My ADHD goes crazy. It's really hard to keep my focus on that. But that show is just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I I haven't been watching nearly as much as as I used to. I, I started uh, watching Only Murders in the Building with Steve Martin, Martin Short, uh, and Selena Gomez. The second season's coming out soon, but the first I really enjoyed the first season of that. Um, there's I I did watch the second season of The Flight Attendant on HBO. A little. Uh, fairly disappointing if you haven't seen the first season of it go watch it the first season is amazing uh the, the girl kaylee Kroko, or however you say her name from big bang theory but she's great in that uh i watched the second season it's it, not as great uh but yeah i you're also catching me just off the heels of french open and and the process of got a lot going on so i haven't been watching too many new shows I have to say, as far as Better Call Saul, I agree with you. Great show. But the thing that's cool about it to me is that it's a prequel that still managed to create some awesome characters. And the actors in this show, look, we already knew what Bob Odenkirk was capable of from his years of fun comedy stuff with Mr. Show, Bob and David, and then obviously Saul Goodman on Breaking Bad. Jonathan Banks was tremendous as Mike on Breaking Bad. Giancarlo Esposito was pretty good as Gus. So this isn't breaking any news. We all knew about that. But how good is Tony Dalton as Lalo Salamaca, just an absolutely phenomenal actor and he's so good at playing that indestructible scumbag badass monster i don't really know how else to explain his character michael mando as nacho vega really really good supporting character and one of the best actresses on tv and i hadn't heard of her before better call saul but how good is Rhea Seahorn as Kim Wexler. Just absolutely fantastic acting from those actors who I hadn't heard of before this show, the ones that I just listed, and they are all so impressive. Yeah, especially the, the Kim Wexler. Oh, my God, she's amazing. And, yeah, I I kind of rolled my I, – I didn't kind of. My eyes rolled really hard when they announced Better Call Saul. I was like, a prequel of, of what? A Breaking Bad? Because I was ready for Breaking Bad to be over as good as the show was. And I, a prequel, like, come on. how? Come on. But it's I, – I honestly think that I enjoy Better Call Saul more than Breaking Bad. Uh, and 
it's just uh, just an absolute delight. And again, it's it's really slow paced. So like it, the fact that I can rave about it while being slow paced just says says so much about just the quality of the show all around. Chris, last thing before we run, because you said you were watching the French Open. I got to have you do it. Monfils, you got to say it. Say Monfils. Gael Monfils. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh so much every time you do it, but I enjoy it. I'm like a little kid. You know that Simpsons thing? Go ahead. Say the line. Yeah. Say the line. Chris Nimbley, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal. Thank you so much for coming on and answering some mailbag questions with me. Really appreciate it. Make sure you check out everything Chris is doing at CNimbly and at Jets Insider is his Twitter. And JetsInsider.com is where you can find his work. PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel is where you can find everything going on with Play Like a Jet. We've got some fantastic written content. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some outstanding All-22 breakdowns on our channel of the Jets' entire 2022 rookie class. So watch the videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt. The Zach the Ripper shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and Play Like a Jet. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. 
Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the US like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.